that's American capitalism. Well done. Yeah, exactly. But then by going through the SEC, the nice point that Matt Levine made um, from Bloomberg was he was like, Facebook it's, like, it's, it's, that it's actually putting people before profit in lots of different ways. And so actually yeah. there's shareholder enforcement that you can do to, to get them with this because they're saying, oh, no, we're ESG friendly. We're really good. Um, yeah. And they're lobbying government's loads to cover it all up. But the SEC might actually have something to say about this. Um, and then it brings into question whether that is actually good for investors. Have they, yeah. have they done investors in by putting people before profit or have they done the right thing by pretending to do that while secretly putting profit before people? Well, I guess another question off the back of that is what's the SEC's role going to be? Are they going to put shareholders before people? And are they on lunch? Welcome to the Exponential Investor Podcast. Want to be a better, smarter, more clued up investor? Well, you've come to the right place. We cover the breakthrough investment ideas you don't hear about in the mainstream to keep you on top of the megatrends and opportunities reshaping our world. Good morning. Welcome to another Exponential Investor Podcast. I'm your editor, Sam Falkering, here with my co-editor, Kit Winder. Thank you again, Kit, for joining us this week, where it looks like we are both uh, online, present, visually, and uh, audioly. Uh, anyway, let's kick off, and uh, I've got a question for you. Uh, you better answer now. And it is, is Facebook dead? Uh, we had mass outages this week of Facebook and Facebook services, being WhatsApp, Instagram, uh, Messenger, uh, due to what I believe was a bungled server upgrade. Um, and it made me think about what would happen if Facebook didn't exist anymore, if it was offline forever. Same with WhatsApp and all of Facebook's services. Um, it would certainly put a lot of models out of business on Instagram, I would think. Um, but what do you think? Is, is Facebook dead? Are Facebook services at risk? Um, what's, what's coming next? Is there anything coming next or do they just, just keep doing what they're doing and forever get bigger? Yeah, it's quite nice. I mean, the story of what went wrong at Facebook is is actually quite entertaining. Um, in that they were trying to they they made some sort of server error which shut them out of their own servers, but it turns out that they they clearly run every sort of messaging and security uh, protocol through Facebook, uh, and so they locked themselves out essentially, and all of the keys were on every different aspect of Facebook. I know mean, it's quite complicated to explain. I don't fully understand it, but like they had no recourse outside of their own systems and locked themselves out of their own systems. And it's amazing, it took six hours. I mean, it's in the modern world, it's kind of extraordinary. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of one thing. I mean, I didn't really know, I wouldn't have noticed if just Facebook was out, they own Instagram and WhatsApp. So that's a pretty big deal. Um, but then I guess there's just other stuff going on, right? There's antitrust in, in American government, Lena Khan is going after him. Um, you know, China's cracking down on tech companies. Mm. Facebook is probably the best valued of, of the fangs, but even so, um, you know, it's been on a crazy bull run. It's sort of vaguely monopolistic. The actual, you know, the original Facebook that I got when I was 15 or whatever, isn't that good anymore? It's just ads. People don't really know. Um, so it's the best <laughs> services, which are good. Instagram's okay. But you know what I mean? Like if it was just Facebook, the page, it wouldn't be that much of a big deal. But it's yeah. the reason that tells you that maybe it's being somewhat monopolistic is the fact that it's the other two things that are really important. 
Do you know what I find about Facebook uh, in its current form is I find it actually really difficult to use. It, like it's it's complicated. There's so much going on. I, I don't know where to click. I don't know what. It just seems like it's very not user friendly. Not like it used to be quite simple. Yeah, it's um, almost as if it's so unuser friendly that they're putting profit before people, Sam. I yeah, I know. I mean, I tell you what, you didn't need a whistleblower to tell any of us about that. Um, yeah, but you did with the ten thousand pages of documents that can <laughs> go to the SEC. And also, by the way, I thought it was like that's what your point was. Everyone knows that they were putting profit before people. Yeah, and that's like. Oh, it's but, but that's like how like every company that's like, is supposed yeah, to operate. That's American capitalism. Well done. Yeah, exactly. But then by going through the SEC, the nice point that Matt Levine made um, from Bloomberg was he was like, Facebook it's, like, it's, it's, that it's actually putting people before profit in lots of different ways. And so actually yeah. there's shareholder enforcement that you can do to, to get them with this because they're saying, oh, no, we're SG friendly. We're really good. Um, yeah. And they're lobbying government's loads to cover it all up. But the SEC might actually have something to say about this. Um, and then it brings into question whether that is actually good for investors. Have they yeah. have they done investors in by putting people before profit or have they done the right thing by pretending to do that while secretly putting profit before people? Well, I guess another question off the back of that is what's the SEC's role going to be? Are they going to put shareholders before people? Now they're on lunch. They're busy. <laughs> well, you know, I think ultimately... What what you've described is 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 capitalism down to a, down to a T, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, companies, worry, publicly listed we've, uh, companies, we've capitalism. That's a podcast. Yeah, well, that'll be a long podcast. But um, there's there's no issue with companies putting profits before people because if that if they're not hiding it, if they if they're trying to be if they're trying to be ESG friendly and saying we care about the people more than we love profits and doing the complete opposite. I've got an issue with that. But if they're like, look, our job is to return to shareholders. We're not going to make any two wins about it. That's what we're here for. That's what we're going to do. And that's what we have been doing. I mean, you know, you can't then turn around and go, well, they didn't tell us. They was like, well, they did. So in that respect, I mean, I don't think there's anything new or, or groundbreaking. What I find funny about the whole situation is that all of a sudden um, Facebook goes down and there's outages uh, with, with all their other services. And then the antitrust people that are all for splitting Facebook up into different divisions, just like, see, this is exactly why we need antitrust is because you can't have just the one company under control. Everything. It's like, I don't, I'm not sure they quite understand that Facebook split up into Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, Messenger, whatever the splits may be and do that, actually probably creates four times more of a headache than if it's all just there with Facebook. I think the thing with Facebook is that if people want to talk about the demise of Facebook or the future demise of Facebook, you just let them run themselves into the ground. Facebook uh, is a worse user experience than it's ever been. Instagram is being challenged on a daily basis by the likes of TikTok. Um, there will be other competitors. Uh, Messenger, I mean, you only need to look to Signal and Telegram and now the rise in other decentralized, um, more privacy-focused messaging platforms, which are going to eat that alive, including WhatsApp. Um, I think the best thing 
for something like Facebook is if people want to see Facebook fail or if they're happy to see its demise or if Facebook is going to cease to be relevant in the long-term future of the markets, just let them go. Just leave them be because there will be com- competition. Um, and, and you know, I, uh, I, can, I can vouch for, for my own experience of having used Facebook previously, um, very rarely using it now. I probably use WhatsApp out of all their services more than anything, but only because I have to because so much of my family use it. But realistically, I've got more and more people starting to message me and interact on Signal, which is a not-for-profit, uh, which is designed to put your privacy first. And I think you're going to see just much, much more of that. So, yeah, let Facebook go. I, I, you know, they're a massive company. They make a lot of money. Um, they, the, I think they're on borrowed time. Now, it might not happen in a year or it might not happen in two, but I think the picture in 10 years' time is going to be very, very different for Facebook than what it is now. Yeah, I mean, that's the classic thing, right, is companies that were disruptors and they were exciting, they were doing cool new things, they get big, and then essentially what they do is try and entrench their position by raising the barriers to entry. So I've got this new theory at the moment that if you wanted to find out what the worst thing for society is at any given time, you should see who's paying the most to lobby the American government. (laughs) So, Like in the 70s, it's tobacco companies, and in the 80s, it's oil companies, um and then whatever uh in the noughties probably banks but you know you sort of figure out who if you've got a lot to cover up you've got a lot of work to do in washington and at the moment i think it is by quite a large margin social media companies who are working incredibly hard to get the u.s government on their side um and so that sort of tells you that social media companies are, are the most underestimated ill probably in society and the things that are coming out with the 60 minute minutes interview with the whistleblower uh, and with the research that people are now doing is that Facebook and Instagram are really bad for mental health. They're really bad for children. And that's the kind of thing where I think the government does have a role to accelerate the demise of those certain things by saying um, what what can and can't be done, what what aspects of certain algorithms can be used to um, you know, encourage screen time, what levels of control these companies can have over our movements. So for example, with Pokemon Go selling you know, we'll put a Pikachu in your pizza chain if you give us 100 quid. You know, they can direct human traffic into a restaurant with data, and that's just kind of un- unsettling. And I think, yeah, the the amount of power that they have over our attention, the the skills and the tricks that they use to hook us in and make us feel worse, I think is 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 definitely something the government can do. I don't. You're right that the splitting up thing doesn't necessarily do that. I think there are plenty of examples in the past where companies have been split up. And then the separate parts, because of the new competitive environment, then do better. Um, so, yeah, it's not as easy as just split it up and then we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of things, you know, to turn around, Sam, that, that started the year with everyone saying they're going to take over the world, they're going to grow forever, but have probably had a pretty bad 2021. Is it still the Asian century? Is China still going to take over or is just everything going wrong there? Uh, that might be something we look at tackling uh, next week, I think, because that's, that, that's, a, that's a big enough topic, I think, that we could dig a little deeper in, which we've covered briefly a little bit in previous uh, episodes, um, which we, we, we might be able to link to uh, today. But uh, it's, it's, it's fair to say that it's on shaky ground as it stands. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe there are other markets that, that are worth looking at because, I mean, was it um, 
was it Soros's investment, uh, family office investment that were saying they're just not even going near China at the moment just this week? Um, yeah, no, Soros has been pretty staunch on this actually. In recent yeah, time. basically if it, to invest in China would be literally just handing over money to the CCP, um, which, you know, makes pretty pretty rational sense when you think about it. Um, but look, I, I, I probably, just on your previous point, I probably tend to disagree with the fact that it's the government's responsibility to step in and say what uh, these social media companies can and can't do. I think we're at an age and an era now where, it's quite well known what they do uh, and that the market, the, the the free market will effectively decide just how many Pokemons they want in their pizza shop. Um, and I think consumers will decide with their with their own feet and their own their own, you know, their own wallets. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much of an impact the government does want to have on these companies, whether they're split up or what they can and can't do. Um, I still very much don't like the power of government making those decisions because you're kind of going from one group of centralized uh, power brokers in social media to another group of centralized power brokers telling everyone else what they should and shouldn't do, um, which kind of is how we get into a lot of mess with society usually anyway. Yeah, um, I don't know. I would, I would just comment on that. The, the, the things that a government can do especially in this relate to like a time horizon. So when consumers, when you say that consumers in the market will decide, taking the example of oil covering up the impacts of climate change, like it's taken 50 years and we're basically too late. Like it would have been much better if the government had taken that decision 50 years ago that we had to do something about this. And what a government can do is say, we need to incur costs now for a 50 year benefit, which is something that a private market will never do. No company, Shell or BP or Exxon Chevron, <laughs> would ever make that call, but they're being forced to make that call by a combination of, yeah, society in the market and finance, but also government. And I think they, they can step in and adjust the time horizon of society away from, we need, you know, we need a bit of gas right now to actually, we need to save the planet over the next three decades. And so it affects the outcomes that come out of something like the energy crisis or the effect of social media on teenage girls. I uh, I thoroughly like your optimism for governments to be that forward looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen often, right? But I, there is a role there, and I think um, there should be a role there. I, Whether I suppose there I think there's something is is another t debatable topic. Yeah, I suppose the thing I've just been looking at lately is just so many examples of of companies getting so big that they can sort of subvert the public good to their own interest and profit. And that's sort of freedmanistic American capitalism, chasing profit above all else, putting profit above society um, is something that I think is changing and, and needs to change. But the, the argument that the free market will reign is why the game of monopoly was created, right? To show that all the money accrues to one person and that one person just extracts rent from everybody. Um, and that has happened. That's happened with big pharma putting Oxycontin in American um you know pharma stores and with oil companies covering up climate science and tobacco companies covering up the science of cancer and now social media trying to cover up the effect that they have on people um yeah i think that the argument the free market will decide leaves us with yeah bp purdue pharma british american tobacco and facebook so it's it's gonna you know it could do better uh yeah it could it could do better but um you know <laughs> that's that's what we're that's what we have ended up with um it, it, sometimes i guess it makes you wonder it doesn't make you wonder whether the free market is right because the free market can be wrong but it should be allowed to be wrong perhaps uh, but anyway 
we uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it all how it all plays out and who says what and who actually has the real influence. I, I very much suspect the government can can try, um, but will repeatedly fail. Uh, nonetheless, we have gone on for quite some time this week already, and there is something that I wanted to uh, speak to our listeners and viewers about about something that's upcoming next week that I have literally just recorded this week uh, with our friend and and colleague Boaz Shoshan. Uh, it's a a particularly exciting, urgent. Uh, broadcast that will be out and about and available for everybody to watch next week. Um, speaking about the likes of Facebook and 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 big pharma and big tech and oil, um, you know these are all industries that are very centralised in their power, uh, their 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 control, their influence over society. Uh, and I think that uh, things like data privacy how we interact and transact with each other have been the domain of these mon- monopolistic entities and organizations and corporations uh, for a very long time. Uh, and as you rightly say, Kit, the world is changing very rapidly uh, for a number of reasons. And the idea that uh, the broader community can and should have a greater influence over their environment, uh, the markets, uh, and things like their own data, I think that's a really important uh, aspect of what we will see evolve in the 2020s and beyond. Um, and so, yeah, as I say, I've, I've put together a very uh, urgent broadcast because there's, when we talk about uh, these these networks and these power brokers, the idea of decentralizing and distributing these power, uh, this power amongst you know a, a wider network, um, blockchain-based networks, crypto networks, uh, is actually a very very powerful idea uh, from both a social perspective and also from an investment perspective. And importantly, there's something that is coming up in mid-November, 16th of November to be very specific, uh, that I think is a massive catalyst for how we're going to relook at markets, at privacy, at finance, at how we connect and interact, even with companies like social media companies. Um, And as I say, there's a a significant event that is absolutely 100% locked in and it is going to happen. Uh, at this stage, it looks like it is going to be the 16th of November, give or take a day. Um, and I think it's going to be a catalyst for an explosion in, in a certain subsection of markets that I think every investor absolutely needs to be aware about. Um, so keep an eye out next week, everyone that is watching and listening to us now. Uh, you, will, you will see a bit more in Exponential Investor uh, early next week about it. Uh, and obviously, you'll be able to get access to it when we go live with it. So keep a very close eye out for that. It is uh, very exciting. I had a great time speaking with Boaz uh, about it all and, and diving deep into what it all means for investors. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, thank you again, Kit, for your insight this week. It has been a pleasure as always. Uh, and we'll be back with you again next week with another Exponential Investor podcast. Thanks for watching and listening. And we'll see you then. Bye for now.